Good day, everyone. We have an exciting show because we are knee-deep in award season and some of the prestige movies are coming out, but also some of the dogs. Full show today. We're going to talk about 1917 in just a second. Around minute 13, we'll talk about Like a Boss. Around minute 18, we'll talk about Just Mercy. Around minute 25, we'll talk about Underwater. The Grudge around minute 31. Midnight Family around minute 33. New DVDs around 36 minutes. What's going on at the Tivoli around minute 39. The CAA Awards around minute 42. The other award shows around minute 50. Cinema St. Louis Best of the Decade list around minute 54. Right after that, we'll talk about theater in St. Louis. And then what's coming up next week. Our special guest today is Tom, Tom Stockman. Stockman. <laughs> I'm here from We Are Movie Geeks. Yay, we haven't had you on for a while because you've been traveling, so we're happy to have you back. And he didn't and he's he is our uh, horror slash monster film guy. And of yeah. course, since he it's amazing what you were doing the night they screamed the monster film. Yeah. He had Tell everybody where you were that I night. I was at my monthly meeting of Sons of the Desert. Sons of the Desert is the International Laurel and Hardy Club, fan club. Which there is cool. There are chapters all over the world. And St. Louis has one of the most active chapters, and we still show Laurel and Hardy movies on film. We show them on 16mm film. One of the, one of the members I find has that about fascinating. 90 Laurel and Hardy movies on film. What do you? Th- what did you so think of the uh, biopic from oh, a year I and a half it. ago? I loved it. In fact, you know, we were able to get the local Sons of the Desert. They all came to that screening. It was a daytime screening. Yeah, that was weird because they didn't show it to us in time for awards, and it did, it did yeah. well in BAFTA. But it did not yeah. do well over here. I think it was in January, yeah. Yeah. That they finally showed it to us. Yeah. I would have voted for uh, John, John C. C. Riley. Riley. Yeah. He was excellent. He was great, yeah. He was nominated for a Golden Globe, I believe. He was. But these these uh, meetings are fun. They're really fun. It's like my I look most forward to every month are my Sons of the Desert meetings. Well, we're going to talk about films. Do you want to start with good or bad? Uh, well, let's try the good for okay. now. Okay, yes. this is a movie that was this was a movie that was uh, surprisingly the winner of the Golden Globes. We're not going to talk about how awful the Golden Globes are as an organization. Well, I, I I didn't either. Lynn had a viewing party. <laughs> oh. Well, it's the kickoff to the awards show, and as I told Ray Hartman last night, it's ninety eight people with questionable credentials mm-hmm. and vetting procedures. <laughs> Well, but it is the first one well, of the year. This surprisingly beat The Irishman for best drama. It is the movie 1917 by Sam Mendes. Yeah. I think it's got the big mojo going into think, awards season. I don't season. think it was a surprise at all. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, you think it's a Netflix slap? I, I just think I don't think people like The Irishman as much as people seem to think they do. I, I have a lot I, of friends who aren't movie buffs who aren't into it like we are who just say, I, you know, I watched that Irishman and you know, I couldn't even get through it. it I, so I agree long. with you. Even me, and I'm a big Scorsese fan, and I like the film, but I've really never watched it a second time. I agree. Um, uh, it was on my top ten list because of the storytelling. It dropped out. and But my, I don't think it's better than the, the ones that are winning the awards. Right. And, but I think I also think that 1917 is too gimmicky. It's based on a story that Sam Mendes heard from his grandfather and the uh, author uh, Catherine Christie. Cri- I'm sorry, Christy Wilson, Wilson Carnes. She is a graphic artist and she worked on Penny Dreadful, both the TV series and the graphic novel. So she got with him and it was her idea to shoot this as one, I'm putting in quotes, continuous take. Well, I call it two takes. It yeah, is I, It I, is two takes because yeah. the, the two main characters get separated and one of them gets knocked out for a period of yeah. time. So you go from day to night. So it is technically two takes, but it is not. Well, I am of the Sam Mendes is a genius camp, so I... Well, that doesn't this, mean he's not a genius. I know. I'm high on this movie because it's gripping, it's solid, and as a friend of mine said, it is two hours. It doesn't ramble like yeah. all these three-hour movies are. It cuts to the chase and the sense of urgency about this mission. And think of what the conditions were in 1917. Mm -hmm. That's why I think the documentary that we saw, Mm -hmm. They Shall Not Grow Old, is a great companion piece because that set me up to realize Yeah, but you shouldn't have to see another movie to like another one. No, but but as somebody who studied World War I way, way back in the day, and I don't know much 
about World War One compared to World War Two. So well, it, a lot more movies made about war. Right, right. And well, it brings one of the it best all, movies of all time, All Quiet on the Western Front, is a yes. World War One movie. Or Paths of Glory is my Paths of Glory. Right, it is. Which it reminded me of this. Kirk new Douglas. Line. So it showed all the horrors of war, but it concentrated on the two young soldiers who are not known except oh. George McKay was George the, McKay was the oldest son in Captain Fantastic. Yes, but Dean oh. Charles Chapman was on Game of Thrones for four seasons. Okay, that's right. So and, uh, I would say I would argue that he's the more well known of the two, but they're as, they, they're they're unknowns basically. Yeah. Right, they're fresh faces, and and then Mark Strong and, and Benedict Cumberbatch and Colin Firth they show up for a minute at a time. Right, and Mark and uh, Mark Strong's excellent. Andrew Scott is very good in the film. Uh, the who's who of British acting. Richard Madden at the end has a strong scene. But they are not the story. The story is... I think it's a good story. It doesn't need the gimmick. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a gimmick. It's just, it's just an artistic decision, and they stick with it. I, it, it looks like a video game to me. <laughs> oh, I, I just really... I, I was I think, caught up in it. I think it made it more exciting. I did, too. I was caught up. Roger Deakins does stuff yes, in there, and he, he is a He's master. the cinematographer, and he, yeah. it, it is beautiful for them. Yeah. Oh, and when It is he, a beautifully shot film. When he lights up the, the bombed-out city um, mm. ruins, that's... With bombs. Phenomenal. Now, it's would you just... say that's Mendez or Deacons that made it beautiful? Well, I think they worked oh. on it together. It's collaboration. Yeah, Mendez won the Oscar for was American Beauty. Yes, and that movie is held up so horribly. No, well, that's <laughs> that's because you have one of the actors who you see in a different light at this. Well, time. even before that scandal happened, I tried rewatching it, and it it just hasn't aged well. And um, and then the Bond films. And then, but I don't think he's been nominated since American. No. Beauty. Um, the Road to Perdition. And then they gave him the Golden Globe, and he's probably going to win the Oscar or be, at least be nominated. Well, I just think we didn't know a whole lot about this before it came out. All of a sudden, they showed it to the New York Press that Saturday night. We saw it that Monday before Thanksgiving, and to me, it was a game yes, changer. That's how long ago we saw it. Yeah, it was a game changer. I've seen it twice since, and every time I've watched it, I've gotten more out of it, and I've enjoyed it more. It's not a fun watch. It's not a fun watch, but it's so good and it shows the two sh soldiers are opposites uh, George McKay is very stoic but he's got a kind heart which is revealed and then uh, Dean Charles uh, the who plays Blake he is more jovial uh, he's telling ribald stories as they're walking they're both corporals they're, they, they're, they have the same rank right and, and uh, one says why did you pick me to go on this because it, he could have chosen anyone in his platoon and he chose the other yeah well i guess we i guess we can say that dean charles chapman his brother is the reason why they're on this mission right and that's richard madden and uh they basically it's an impossible mission in the sense of urgency because they have got to get this message to the general benedict cumberbatch on the enemy on the front lines before 1600 soldiers are trapped in an ambush and slaughtered. The Germans have retreated, but it was a retreat on purpose to set a trap. And so these guys do not know that they're going into a trap. And so they will not, if they don't deliver this message, they're going to fall right into, it's a trap. So did it make your top 10 list there, Carl? It did not. It did not. It, it huh. did not. It number but, two on mine. But you it know what? You? I voted for it. In our awards, I voted Roger Deakin Best Cinematography. I, I think it is beautifully shot. I thought, I think that... Most war movies, especially World War One movies, are gritty and dark. This is this shows the countryside beautifully, and I I enjoyed. I liked the story, but it kept as I said, it reminds me of like a first person shooter because they're following you along, and the way that the camera is moving along, it just seems it seems like a video game. And Max and I were talking about this on Max on Movies that you can that it's it would be interesting. Someone should write a book, and I suggested that he do it about. The impact of video games from the 80s through now and how that has affected filmmaking because the first thing I thought of was that this is this is a first person shooter. This is speaking of Bond. This is like the golden eye video game from the early 90s, oh. like 1992, 93. 
that you you're following them along and it's going on and then everyone max had this line and i'm going to steal it it's like you meet these characters and you press a button and they give you more information and then you move along to the next Golden thing i was 95 Ni- okay so yeah my kids my, played the heck out of that uh that video game by but, the way but it's, it's interesting how video games have influenced movie making and that's what uh, this reminded me of this one i mean i've seen a lot of movies that have reminded me of video games but this one did not at all i i was I, uh, captivated because it's massive in scope and it's engrossing but the intimate story i like the, i like the story nice. i was distracted i was distracted especially by especially them talking about it's one shot it's one shot and you can tell how many times it is not one shot hitchcock yeah. with rope did three shots and that was only because of the limitations of the film because they could only do 22 minutes at a time and then they they he'd let you know when they were changing film canisters but this they the way the digital film is now anytime they go through a tunnel you know that they are doing yeah, a different go shot. overboard to make it seem like one well what i read before i saw it was it is made to look like one take. Yeah, they didn't presented. say it was one take. They yeah. said it was made to look made like one. Made to look like one take. And I, I find that distracting after a while because I think I think the story could have stood on its own rather. And I like the story and I like what happens. I don't like a lot of the choices that were made, but this is based on a, allegedly based on a true story. Yeah, so, his grandfather was a runner. Mm-hmm. His grandfather was a runner in World War One, and and it reminded me of Gallipoli when Mel Gibson is running mm-hmm. back and forth, and uh, that that sense of urgency. I just sat there on the edge of my seat because these kids, they're kids, they are kids, and they face so many perils. It's one obstacle after another. The water scene is really well done. Oh, it's just. And then when he fought, what what ugh, at the when he's getting out of the water is very disturbing too. This yeah. is that's another reason why I say it's not a fun watch. But I appreciate what they were trying to do. I just didn't think they needed to do to go over the top like they did. Well, I voted for it for editing, cinematography, and Thomas Newman's score. Yes, Thomas Newman is doing something that he has not done. He normally he's very fluid. He's very minimalistic in this score. And I really uh, think it's it. I do think it's gaining momentum. Yeah, I think uh, you know that Oscars are going to come down between that and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I think Irishman has lost momentum. I do too, and I think that uh, with the go- Globes for all their faults, they and, picked and there are a, many. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the uh, comedy and 1917 for drama. And when Sam Mendes said, this opens wide Friday, and I hope people get to see it, I think it's a movie you need to see on the big on screen. On a big screen. Yeah. And see it at the high point. That's where it's opening uh, today. Oh, exciting. Yeah. That is good. Well, um, let's let's go to something that it, we can all agree is horrible. You were the only one. Did you see Like a Boss also? <laughs> I did not. Oh, Lynn? All righty. Tear, well, tear us down. Okay. Well, you know, I'm I'm all for female empowerment movies as much as anybody, but this is silly and ridiculous. And I found out afterwards that it was written by guys. Men and, writing for women. Oh, just drives me crazy. So it's this female fantasy. It's like a throwback to romance novels in the 80s when people read romance novels it's two young women and it's tiffany haddish tiffany haddish and rose Byrne, Byrne. and they've been best friends since middle school and they have a cosmetics company and they're independent and strong but selma hayek is this cosmetics mogul and she wants to buy their company there's no real motivation for her to buy the company uh it seems pretty but it's uh, every bear every small business yeah. owner's dream is to get bought up by a corporation so you can become rich and then retire sounds like a real stretch for ms hayek yeah <laughs> well she i uh, it just i just feel like this was a whole paycheck movie of Tim- the three who comes out the best uh, Tiffany Haddish because you think she, a lot of her stuff was ad-libbed uh, yeah but also okay she, she has one lane yeah. she has one lane her movies are all she sassy bitch sassy she is cranked up to 11 no filter she does not vary from that lane and uh, would you say even though the movie was horrible would you say the kitchen she's in that lane or not i did not see the kitchen oh you're lucky so i've she, just she, seen that's her more serious God, role yeah. but yeah but I've she seen, was the whole yeah. movie wasn't good it's well I've, <laughs> I've i've just seen her well, comedies just, well tom i you see you understand what i'm saying yes. now but i know but this sounds 
sounds like the more the two shares, Tiffany Haddish from what was it called? Girls, girls Night Out? Yeah, girls, uh, girls, girls Trip. Which was a movie, yeah, Girls Trip, which was a movie I expected to hate, and she was really funny in that movie. She was, and I, I do like her as a personality, and they're counting on her star power, but they just throw all this ridiculous stuff in, like, hey, let's have a karaoke night, and we're going to sing up where we belong, but we're going to argue on stage, and then at the end, let's do a Proud Mary tribute to Tina Turner and act like the she video. did. And, and <laughs> it's just like they throw everything in to make it like, oh, girls bonding, females bonding. And they keep saying, we're best friends. And it's like you could make a drinking game out of that, you know. And, of course, the conflict is Selma Hayek is trying to ruin them. I don't know why. And she, she wants want to buy the company or she wants it for less money. She or, wants to dominate and she control. Wants she wants to it. Bring down their company so she can buy it for less and then take it over and bring it. Yeah. Around. She steals their ideas and stuff. And then she has this lapdog guy who carries her purse and does all her dirty work. Never and it's that. just stupid. And Rose Byrne, who did get her up, op- at her, her comedy chops in a net, a neighbors. Neighbors. She's just lost. She's wasted. She has this horrible platinum dye job with these really bad roots. And if you're in a cosmetics company, you'd look better. You'd look better than she just looks very drab and and uh, dull. And then the movie is saved by Billy Porter, who is always a hoot. He won the Tony Award for Kinky Boots. He's on that. He I think he won the Emmy for Pose. Oh, okay. I know who that is. Flamboyantly okay. gay guy. No mm-hmm. apologies. And neither does Tiffany Haddish. Is he Haddish. the purse holder? Uh, no, he is their little cosmetics uh can, he makes their, he's their the small batch. Friend? Yeah, he's their small batch guy. He mixes up the potions. Okay. What's this movie called? It's called Like, like a, a Boss. Like a Boss. And Sounds absolutely horrible. It is. And it, this, there's a reason why these movies open in January. Now, at the AMC Creep Course screening, it people were howling with laughter. They always do at that theater. <laughs> and... You know, it's a small uh, house. It is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, our, our friend Tom O'Keefe said that he didn't think it wasn't just men writing for women. It was old people trying to write for young people because he said there's a line in there about after school specials. And Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish would have no idea what an after school special would be about because yeah, they, they weren't that, around. Then. That's that's someone in their 40s, not somebody in their 30s or 20s. I know. It just seems very. They're trying to be hip and cool. They try. This movie tries very. Very, very hard and that's what I think it tries and that's why it was released in <laughs> January and you know it is what it is and so if you want a night out with the girls like some people just don't want to think when they go to the movies and they just want fluff and silliness and this is one of those things it's not but those can be good too <laughs> I know I hey I can enjoy quite a few rom-coms yes but this is not and they don't even have the uh, the rom oh, yeah, there's part no, of the there's com- no, romance. no no they have boy toys but they it's just pretty ridiculous all right so I guess we're bouncing from good movie to bad movie back to good movie we all saw just mercy starring Jamie Foxx and Michael B Jordan yeah I didn't think it was oh. a good movie don't, don't, oh, you're not oh, speaking for okay, me. Okay, I am not speaking for you. Okay, uh, prestige movie, possibly? Yes, because it's based on a true story, and it does shed light on... Uh, it makes you angry at Alabama. Yeah, truth and justice in the American way. Well, first of all, it is based on a true story. Brian Stevenson, for 30 years, has fought the good fight with this equal justice initiative. He's a Harvard grad, and he's played... Marvelously by Michael B. Jordan, who I, is one of the best actors of his generation. I remember seeing this story on 60 Minutes. Yes, and they show part of 60 Minutes. With this Ed Brad, is, the late Ed Bradley. Yeah, this is a, a true, it was shown in like 92 or 93. It was right around the time of the sentencing. Yeah, this or is. The, or the, uh, the appeal. The appeal. This was based on a 1987 case. Jamie Foxx plays. Johnny D. His real name is Walter McMillan, but everybody calls him Johnny D. They and leave a little, a lot of his 
personal life <laughs> out of this because in real life he had nine kids, but yeah, they only talk nine. about the three. They 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 clean him up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they do. They do. Well, that you know he is stopped and charged with this murder, and there's no evidence to support. It's all circumstantial this. and one witness and one witness who is played by Tim Blake Nelson, oh. who is a secret weapon. Very good. And, and he's one of his three, finest three yeah. or four scenes. One yeah. of his finest performances. He plays. It does come to life when Tim Blake Nelson shows up. I'll give it that. Right. It does have a. Um, he's a career criminal who got uh, burned. Got burned, yeah. and he changes his testimony. And basically, the state uses him as a patsy. And if you look at the 60 Minutes pictures, he looks just like him. Oh, and yeah. he has his facial tick. And, and he plays. Yeah, they, they do. So, they do. He's so good in this. Yeah, good. Well, I felt it was very procedural, but. Like uh, an after school special? Yeah. You know, like just like a, like a law and order, like a dateline, yes. a 48 hours, a lot. Because everything's wrapped up in order. And it is very procedural, but I did watch it again. And and I concentrated on the performances, and the performances are good if the the script is like. But it's based on Brian Stevenson's uh, book called Just Mercy, a story of justice and redemption. And this guy has gotten dozens of people off a of death row. Well, that's good for him, but that doesn't mean this is a good movie. It's a right. very well-intended movie, and it's very earnest. But I thought these characters were dull. I felt I'd seen this movie a you, dozen times. And you we saw have. one earlier this year, Brian Banks. It was kind of yeah. the same movie. You're right. Um, and what, uh, what's his name? Mike, Michael B. Michael Jordan. B. Jordan. I from, thought he from, was very bland in his speak. His courtroom speeches just didn't have any fire behind him. Um, Did I you thought, like Brie Larson? No, no, I really hated Brie Larson. <laughs> in fact, I even said in my review that, you know, there was already overlong at 136 minutes. I should have just cut that character out. But these characters were so dull, and it was all so predictable. And it was it takes place in the town that Harper Lee wrote uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And how many times are we reminded of that? I mean, there's even but, show them driving down the road. It's, the, ir- it's the irony of the thing that they're beating you over the head. Yeah. Uh, right, it's Monroeville, Alabama. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but like... Uh, there's a, a movie I saw a couple weeks ago, Richard Jewell, which has some similar themes about a man being wrongly accused. Was such a better movie because you had this really interesting eccentric character at the center of right. it. Right. This movie just had characters I've seen in so many movies. Uh, they're so they're such do-gooders, and you, and you can predict. Yeah, you can predict it. You can almost predict the next line in this film. Yeah, the Southern people, the lawyers, yeah. and you're the coming police, in act, act, act and like we're shirt. all racist. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they're I mean, doing. <laughs> they don't come across yeah, very well. There's no at all. nuance. It's all it's all there is no caricatures of people. It's just I, I will agree was, that there is no one on the law and order side that uh, has like a conscience kind of thing until that one of them is shamed. And you see that you see the wife give him the side eye, going, "You better make this right." But no one does anything on their own. They're all just trying to protect their own asses. Yeah, and then they show at the end the consequences of that sheriff was reelected None. like eighteen <laughs> times. You and, know, <laughs> um, Rob Morgan is good. No, he's good. Now he, except for the fact. Because he's taking responsibility right. for what he did the whole time, even though right. he's got the uh, mental issues from being in the war. Yeah. And it's very – and you might know Rob Morgan from all the Marvel uh, Netflix shows. He was on uh, Jessica Jones and Daredevil mm-hmm. and Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Defenders. He was on all of those. And his character is someone – He even, on, even when he's on death row, he's like – I I did kill this person. It's actually interesting for especially when the lawyer is trying to get all these people off because they were misrepresented. He says to the end, I'm sorry that I killed that girl. Yes, he is showing remorse, but he's also taking responsibility for his actions, which is something that you don't normally see in these movies. You're right. And he says, I don't know why I put that bomb on the porch. I don't know why. But uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., a.k.a. Ice Cube's son. He's in in four scenes in a cell. Every scene, he's... He's shot from behind. the exact same way. Right. He's like looking through the bars. Because he mean, can't see he, anybody. It's like, it's like a, he came in for one day. Well, you know why? It's because they wanted to, they had that character and they're saying, he got him released later. 
Yeah, yeah. He had, they had to put uh, that in. But I totally agree with you, uh, Tom, about uh, that it has no nuance and it is, it it's is separate. A, it's a message movie. Right. It's separate from The Innocence Project, which is Brian Banks. And that's, uh, that's what they, I, last week I was confused. Right. But they both do the same thing. However, this just makes you very angry. It because does make you angry. The beginning when all those those inmates are saying about how, how terrible their lawyers were and what they were told and how they it's were. Alabama. It's, Do you expect anything yes. I think I was angry because that was two hours and 15 minutes of my yes. time. I'll never get you know, In fact, you know what? That's what Dan said. How come all these movies are two hours and 10 minutes? I know. I don't understand. But this did win the Audience Award at the St. Louis International Film Festival. And it is which, nominated. Which is it right? is nominated by SAG for Best Ensemble. Uh, yes. I thought you said you were turning that I off. I thought so too. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, okay. Well, since we're not going good, bad movie, let's go to a movie that I really thought you were going to see. Uh, let's underwater. Be in two places at once. Underwater is Kristen Stewart. It is a, an underwater monster movie, and it is an hour and a half. And it, if you go to this movie, the first two minutes during the credits, there is a whole bunch of exposition. It, if you. Like if you're one of those people like, oh, I'll miss the I can go get popcorn. I'll miss the credits. You learn everything about this movie in the first two minutes while the credits are going on because they have like names. They have T.J. Miller. They have John, uh, John Gallagher Jr. But while this going, they're showing newspaper articles. A uh, company wants to dig deep in the ocean. And then, oh, there's mysterious sounds, people missing, people dying. And so everything that you need to know about the movie mm. happens in the first two minutes. And then you see Kristen Stewart in her underwear brushing her teeth. Hmm. Like Alien, like Ripley and Alien. Well, um, and not brushing her teeth. Well, she wasn't. But you know, what was that? What was that text that Dan sent us today? Yes. This is uh, a, a critic, uh, Nick Nunziata, says underwater is if you put Alien, First Man, Deep Star Six, The Abyss, the panty section of the Sears catalog, an issue of Popular Mechanics, and H.P. Lovecraft's Breakfast Notes, and a blender. That is a very good description of this movie. Uh, Vincent Cassell is uh, in this movie, too. Um, there is a woman also from one of the Marvel TV shows. I, I didn't watch any of those, so I didn't know who she was. She's the daughter of the dragon. She is in this movie, and it is... It's an underwater monster movie. There, is it good? Is it moved? Is it, no, is it, it doesn't. Is it, it gruesome? It doesn't. It's, it's so it can't be too gruesome. It's not shot well. And it, and it's very hor. In fact, there's a TJ. This movie was filmed two years ago, which is why TJ oh, Miller's in this because TJ TJ Miller uh, is yeah. persona non grata in Hollywood right now. Oh. But this was filmed when he was still a marketable guy. Mm. 2017, right? Yeah, 2017. So he's in this movie, and he has a great line that I had to tell uh, people. At, I'm like, oh, I loved TJ Miller's line about. Oh, you flat-chested little elf saving me, or something. it was something like that. And three people said, "I never heard that." It's because the movie's not shot well, and the movie is not uh, uh, the sound is horrible. And especially, I, you're supposed to be like feeling claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Blair Witch from a couple of years ago had a, an amazing claustrophobic scene when they were in very close spaces, and you you'd think that. Uh, uh, is it William Eubanks? He's the, he would be the director of this movie. He it's not it's he does not achieve that same effect because they have to get from one station to the next station, and so when they're not in their underwear, they're in these bulky suits that also remind you like of like a video game, and so they have to get from one place to another, and it's not good. I, I wanted it to be, I, I mean, and I can appreciate cheese. Yeah. I can appreciate cheese and I can appreciate, oh, this is an alien knockoff. Oh, but they're underwater. And so they find there are two major reveals about the monster or mm-hmm. the sounds as they, because they don't know what it is. And then, so there's one reveal, which I think is actually better than the second reveal. But I, I, I mean, I would actually, I, I actually, if you wanted to know, but Tom, I think you will see this I will movie. See it. Oh, yeah, I see I, I'm not going to tell I saw you. The grudge of the weekend is it, it's got to be better than Black Christmas, which was the worst horror film I saw last. Um, I I cannot say because I did not see that. Mm. Now, 
You saw the original, though, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the original Black Christmas 74. is so good. Yeah. But then they re- re- remade it in like 2006, and now they got this brand new one. So it is the same one, because I was wondering if it was a remake of the sev- the one in the 70s. Yeah, Wasn't sort it, of. Didn't they change the name to Stranger in the House? Uh, that was when they ran it on um, network television. Ah. They called it Stranger in the House, and it was the night, they aired it the night that um, Ted Bundy murdered his oh. last two victims. And I think they canceled the the showing or something oh. like that. Well, yes, there's, it's some, w- there's some connection. Olivia Hussey is Olivia Hussey, yeah. but it wasn't Margot Kidder. Kidder. Yeah, Margot Kidder. Kidder it Dulé. was really good. I was in um, college. Who was the gal from SCTV? Andrea Martin? Martin. Yeah, she's in it. And then in the remake in '06, she plays the house mother. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, but nobody, not, none of them are back for this new ones. New ones. Well, William Eubank is the director of Underwater, oh, okay. and it's it's not. Good and even I, if you are a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, you already know what's going on because I just invoking his name makes you. It, it's shorthand for something, but if you don't know what it is, then this movie can still be, uh, I guess, novel to you. But it's not. There's nothing original about this movie. Uh, the uh, the girl I was thinking of before was uh, Jessica Harwick. She is she plays another female empowering movie girl. And then T.J. Miller, for a movie where you have Kristen Stewart in her underwear a lot, you'd think you'd shoot it better that you could see Kristen Stewart in her underwear. You actually get a better shot of T.J. Miller's ass than you do hmm. w- of Kristen Stewart's ass. And... Yes, it is PJ-13, and Vincent Castle is, you know, this is basically a paycheck movie, <laughs> like we've all, we're like like a boss was, I guess. Well, I saw um, The Grudge over the weekend, and that was another one that was this remade is, is it a by Hollywood. It, right. It was, it was a Japanese movie made in the early 90s, I believe, and then Hollywood remade it. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Later. Now they've remade it a second time. So is this... Does this have anything to do with the Japanese or the American? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the same story again. But but do they do they mention the others at all? No, or no, no. Allude. It's a, it's a remake. It's a okay, remake. so it's yeah. it's it has it's nothing not, to do it's with not the original. It's good, but it's it's better than Black Christmas, and it's it's pretty gruesome too. At least it's rated R, so it has some uh, good gore effects. It, it, it's a is there anybody confusing. we would know in this movie? Um, uh, that's a good question. No, not that I can recall. And, and well, you, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Um, uh, she was Michael Keaton's girlfriend in Birdman, and she was pregnant. What's that actress's name? Andrea that's Reisman, right. Yeah. She and, was she was the yeah. uh, uh, Billy Jean King's girlfriend in yeah. Oh, uh, Damien Bashir's in this Sexist. movie, and John oh, yeah. Cho. Oh, that's right, John Cho. And Betty Gilpin. I, I thought it looked like John Cho. And Betty Gilpin. So there are a lot of people, but yeah. they did not make any impression on you in this film. I forgot about John Cho, yeah. And it's also uh, produced by Sam Raimi. Yeah, but with, yeah. Did he have something to do with the American remake? I don't think, I think so. so. I don't think so. All right. So it's the uh, it's the girl in the well with the long black hair, yeah, right? Yeah, she's in it. She's in it. <laughs> it's not, I'm guessing it's not the same girl. You don't know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember that, re- that first remake very well. All right. So is it, it's not good at all? I know it's it's worth seeing it. Like I say, it's it's rated R, so at least it has some gore. I mean, Black Christmas was the most bloodless horror film I've ever seen. It, it opens with a girl getting killed by a, a icicle that falls off the roof of the house. Oh, now, like in Die Hard too. It's it's about this thick, that's, mm-hmm. and she's laying there. There's no way an icicle could be strong enough to like bust through your chest plate and and stab you in the heart to death. One person gets killed by a, a key on somebody's key ring. And it's not even a long key. I mean, <laughs> it, it's just so ridiculous, some of the stuff that come up with death scenes in Black Christmas. Uh, I, you know, The Grudge has some more creative uh, death scenes. Oh, you know what? Jackie Weaver's in uh, The Grudge, too. Oh, she is. Yeah, so yeah. there are Oscar right, nominees. The more I think about it, the more people are showing up. But. <laughs> because you tried to block it from your mind. Yeah. Well, it's, but you don't recommend it. I recommend it. To hardcore horror fans, I don't recommend it to, to casual horror fans. You know what? I think you'd like Underwater before. better than <laughs> Grudge. Yeah, I want to see Underwater. I thought the preview for Underwater looked pretty good. Um, oh favorite. yeah, that's a that's another thing about uh, Underwater. You know the scene of s- some figure being up against a white light, and then they push against it, and the water comes through. Yeah, that's not in the movie. I think <laughs> uh, Max and I were talking about it. The fact that since it's only ninety five minutes, mm-hmm. including credits there might have been a lot of things that they cut out to make it nice and tight because 
We also see a picture, and I saw it on the TV commercial with uh, Kristen Stewart wearing glasses. I don't remember huh. her wearing glasses in the film at all. I mean, well, she might have been doing. Well, horror movies should be ninety-five minutes. I mean, look at that last It Two, mm-hmm. It Chapter two. two, which was It Two Hours and Fifty Minutes. Yeah, they could have cut that into two movies. Well, it's because they want. Well, then it would have been four movies. Yeah. It Chapter it Two, Part it just went Two, on and on and on. I thought it would never end, and I might have liked it if they if there was a ninety-five minute cut of it. Lynn, did you? What is this Midnight Family thing that you wa- told us? I was going to watch it. It's about a family in Mexico, and uh, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm sorry because I just got the link. Okay. Well, they're ambulance drivers. Yes. In okay. A, in a wealthy city in Mexico. Yes. Oh, and wow. it looks very good. It's just it's that, a documentary. It's a documentary. Yeah. Wow. Today at the Tivoli. Oh, nice. Yeah. Or maybe the front man. One of those. I'm going to try of, to fit of, it in. <laughs> Of course you are. All right. So on DVD, um, Joaquin Phoenix won uh, a Golden Globe for Joker and, and then gave a very uh, anti, anti-meat anti thank you for serving plants speech. And uh, many people think Joaquin is, uh, you Gonna know, win. one taco short of a combination plate. But, and, but, uh, but we've always thought that. That's not, that is not anything new. No. But I said he's very talented. And I think he gave the best male performance last year. I do too. I and, win the Oscar. And uh, I just think you should look beyond that because we don't all, uh, uh, artistic personalities aren't, let's face it, mm-hmm. insurance salesmen, <laughs> you know? No. So therefore, he, his joker, how everybody can How do you think the crazy. joker will play on a small screen? I think fine. I've watched it on the small screen. Okay. I saw it twice at theater. I've watched, it, I've watched my DVD twice. I think uh, it's it's easy to play crazy, but mm-hmm. he has the pathos. He makes you feel sorry for the guy and understand why he's such a nut job. And if you buy into the Gotham City mythology, Gotham City has to be a cesspool yes. for the rise of Batman. So therefore, the movie is dinged on all this stuff that it's like, uh, do you know Batman? Well, and some people didn't like it. Is that? It, yes. Yeah, and they I think remember, it's too violent. And I'm like, there are only two violent didn't, scenes didn't like in it? this. Is that true? Yes, there yeah. are three people in our. Write their names down. I can. Well, well it's yes. such. Oh, so I, it's, I will tell you afterwards. It's <laughs> okay. so polarizing. I mean, I, I didn't. It, it didn't make my top ten, but it was my, those my three, honorable mention. Those three. Uh, People hated it. Really? They hated it as they thought it was the worst film of the year. Hmm. It uh, makes me crazy, crazy that people don't uh, consider. Well, it, makes you, it makes you wonder what, what other films they saw. Well, also, it's... especially when they criticize people for not seeing the films that they like. Yeah. Obviously, he gives a great performance. I don't think after you were never really here. And some of his other work in recent years, I don't think uh, there is anybody more fearless or braver working today. And what's the movie he made about the cartoonist guy that was paralyzed? Uh, yeah, uh, I played at the high point. Back it's about you won't get very far on foot. Right, right. Oh, that yeah. was on Amazon. Yeah. He is doing such good work. I rank him up there with Christian Bale for daring to go there because Christian Bale, think about this, was the race car driver Ken Miles in Mm -hmm. Ford versus Ferrari. And a year ago, he was Fat Dick Cheney in Vice. It's Mm -hmm. amazing range. Amazing range. I think people are taking Joaquin very serious. I think about six or seven years ago, he was kind of going through this weird stage and he did that thing on Letterman. Yeah. But I think now, I think people just respect him again. Yeah. Well, walk the line. Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. Gladiator. uh, yeah. Before that, I just watched uh, what's the one with Nicole Kidman and she kills Matt Dillon. Oh, Dylan. to die for. To die for. I've just right. Oh, that he's terrific week. in that. Yeah, man, he was really young. And um, Parenthood, Ron Howard's Parenthood, the original. That may be the first thing I ever saw him in. And uh, Keanu, right? Yeah, he was Keanu's little brother. Yeah. yeah. And okay, so Tom, where do you fall on the lighthouse? Love it, hate it. I like the lighthouse quite a bit. I didn't love it. I didn't like it nearly as much as that director's The Witch from three or four years exactly. ago. Exactly. But I liked it a lot. It was very. It was a lot of fun, and it was kind of crazy. And I just want somebody to explain the ending to me because yeah. that ending is just insane. Yes. I, um, I am a big fan of Robert Pattinson, or our pets, mm-hmm. and I am also a big fan of Willem Dafoe. I wish they would have had subtitles. <laughs> Maybe on TV you can do your closed captioning, right? How would yeah. they have- Subtitled the farts. 
but it <laughs> is uh, it dares to go. I think the cinematography is fabulous. Yeah, that's great. Uh, For a black and the, white film, the uh, the the director's intent is exemplary. And you can't fault that guy for not being original. Yeah, definitely. Are we done talking about new movies? Because Tivoli has announced their uh, Classics on the Loop series. Oh, okay. Which is just a great film festival. They do this. Yes. Uh, well, they weren't. They used to do it every Wednesday at 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock. But then uh, about a year ago, they changed it to Mondays. <clears throat> and what are they going to show? They are going to show. Well, and are show, you going to host anything? No, I don't host it, but I, I help promote it. Um, they are showing eight classic movies, and four of them are directed by Alfred Hitchcock, which makes really? me wonder why they just didn't have a, a classic film series, mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Mar- uh, February 24th, The Man Who Knew Too Much, with Doris Day, directed by Hitchcock, mm-hmm. uh, 1956. Jamie Stewart. Yep. March 2nd, uh, The 39th. Now, hold on, wait a minute. Which which man who because he remade his own film right he so made which one in the 30s with Peter Laurie but this right. is the 56 version the, with the Jimmy Stewart Day one okay Jimmy Stewart yeah uh, the 39 steps thank you Sarah Sarah yeah uh, March 9th Strangers on a Train oh one of my favorites so they're doing four Hitchcocks in a row because March 16th they're doing Vertigo mm. Again, more, this is, more Stewart Kim, Kim Novak okay. is going to be on CBS this morning Sunday yeah. well then. Yes, but she again, is. this is Mondays at 4 p.m. and 7 p.m., and it's $7 a seat. Uh, March 23rd, The Wizard of Oz. March 30th, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, one of my favorites. April 6th, what? Steamboat Bill Jr. Truman Capote, guys. It's Truman Capote. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's is not hold up now. It doesn't. I, I, well, with the racism of uh, Mickey Rooney. But, Mickey Rooney. Uh, but Audrey like Hepburn, Audrey <laughs> Hepburn is luminous. <laughs> yeah. And how about Buddy Epson as her ex-husband? He's quite moving. And I, I thought William, uh, Mickey Rooney was hilarious. Um, it, it reminded me of the old uh, Dick Tracy cartoon where they had Joe Jitsu, and it was this little ch- <laughs> Joe Japanese Jitsu. villain. Uh-huh. And he had these big buck teeth and this really weird accent. Um, anyways, April 13th, Casablanca. Oh. So Steve Jill. Uh, Top five movies of all time. Uh, I okay. think. Well, anyway, Steamboat Bill Jr. is a uh, Buster Keaton movie, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a silent film. So that'll be interesting. That's a, that's a, a good lineup. Get big crowds. That is good. That is really good. Well, we are at awards season. Yes, we are. And uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay, so we talked about the Golden Globes. This Sunday is the Critics' Choice Association Awards, and, and I you're going. I'm you're, going. You're, are you a I'm presenter. Uh, no, <laughs> no. If I am ever seen on the screen, it'll be for a nanosecond, sitting at a table with my sister, and uh, I'm going to be in Plum. She's going to be in Navy. FYI. And, uh, you should wear something that will really show up on television. Yeah, well, okay. you know. So uh, we uh, are going. We have to be – the red carpet's 2 to 4. The award show's 4 to 7. But here in St. Louis, it is on the CW, which is Channel 11, and from they delay. 6, yes. 6 to 9 p.m. Oh, wow. So they're, they're doing it normally. Because normally uh, Channel 11 delays everything an hour. Oh, well, but they're not. I guess they're not doing that this time, because well, uh, the shows that should be on from seven to nine are on from eight to ten. So I guess oh, they're well, this doing is Sunday. It. I know, but they're doing it. No, they do that like with yeah. Batwoman and Supergirl. They delay those an hour so they can have a ten o'clock news. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't actually set to record yet, but they said um, Central Time six to nine. Well, that and check then, local yeah, listings. Check local listing, and then uh, it's East Coast time. You know, seven to ten normally. So I guess that, but I, I wouldn't be, I'd be check channel 11 because they time shift everything. But the exciting thing is I like, we give a youth award, which is really cool. And I voted for Griffin, uh, Roman Griffin Davis of, uh, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit, but any of those kids, uh, Julia Butters from once upon a time in Hollywood, yeah. uh, Noah Jupe from honey boy, uh, and Ford versus Ferrari, uh, the little kid, Archie Yates from, Jojo Rabbit. So I'd be happy to be sitting with the kids, you know, because I <laughs> You'd just, like to be at the kids' table. They, they, uh, they're just fun. But and, uh, Eddie Murphy's getting an award, and so is Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Oh, because they, they do television also. Yes, they do television. I don't vote in TV because um, I had that opportunity, but I did not check that box because... You know how there much are, stuff you get? <laughs> there are 532 scripted shows on television these days. That is because FX, every time they do their upfronts, the president of FX tells how many scripted shows are on television every year. 
And there's no way I can keep up because I'm doing good to keep up with seeing 100 movies a year and maybe more and seeing about 100 uh, plays a year. So where where is the time? If I was a robot, I could maybe watch TV, but it's not going to happen. And then the big thing is Monday morning, 7.30 a.m., mm. the Oscar nominations. So Didn't you see that on Tuesday? Um, but they're doing it on Monday. They, they well, they moved it up this year to February 9th. And everybody's freaking out that they oh, don't no, have. No, yeah. Everybody's. The presentation is February 9th. No, no, no. Yeah. no the, the award show is February The award the show, show is February yeah. 9th. No, that is yeah. Movie. And it's going to be host, hostless again. Hostless. And uh, they uh, did this because I guess they're tired of all the other award shows, you know, being early and then they come in. But everybody's freaking out because there's less time to campaign. Oh, yeah. So. It's one they, week after the Super Yep. So next year, it's back to the end of February. And the following year, they've already set the calendar because everybody freaked out. So this year is a anomaly, February 9th. So uh, any predictions, guys? Who's going Who's going to have the most? You never can tell. Well, I think Eddie I'm, Murphy will be up for Dolomite. I hope so. I hope so. But I would imagine that either – I would imagine – QT's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will probably get the most nominations. Or it could be could be 1917 because there are a lot of... 1917 getting any acting nominations. No, see, that's the reason that Once Upon a Time might get the most nominations because, because of, the two because of all the yeah. actors in it. Could you say Margot, Margot Robbie wouldn't get... She didn't have any lines. I think she's she'll be up Bob, for supporting actress. For, for Bombshell. Bombshell. No, I think she'll be up for Once Upon a Time. You do? Bombshell bomb. Nobody saw Bombshell. I think she'll be up for playing um, Sharon Tate. You never know. There's going to be snubs. Everybody's going to be talking about the snubs. Well, Clint will be snubbed. How about, yeah. Clint, Clint's Richard always Jewell. snubbed. Well, Richard Clint Jewell. doesn't care. He does Richard, not. He's already got his awards. Yeah. Sorry. Richard Jewell is, is not going to do well because of the whole controversy. Oh, because of the making sleeping for stories. Well, right. Well, Kathy Bates may be up for Right. She's the only mother. one that might. And, then, and this Paul Hauser guy should be up in a perfect world. Well, there's, there's so many people that would he be actors. lead or supporting? I would think he'd be lead. Yeah, I mean, lead. The, the movie is it's, his it's name. It's name, right. There's so many people that were so good this year, like supporting actors. Somebody was telling me Tracy Letts should be nominated for, for uh, women for Henry Ford oh. in uh, Ford versus, versus Ferrari. Ferrari. And I said, there's too many other other people yeah. it's brad pitt's year anyway it is brad pitcher and he did give a really funny speech at the golden globes and he mentioned uh that his parents were watching from the ozarks yeah because he's from spring valley i know and he's from kickapoo so tom <laughs> yes we the dan lynn max and i were all arguing last night about hbo max or hbo and adam mckay are gonna work with our director of Parasite, uh, Boon Jin Ho, for making an American version of Parasite. Ah. They're going to remake it. And with the same director. The same director and Adam McKay. And it's going to be a limited series, not ju- not a two-hour remake, but a, you know, like a four-hour, kind of like Big Little Lies was, or hmm. True Detective. I probably won't watch it. Parasite, I, I, Parasite's I, fine I don't like it is. Parasite's fine the way it is. The women's yeah. group that I belong to, the Alliance of Women Film Journalists, uh, we gave out 25 awards. Uh, this Yesterday, we announced our awards and uh, the EDA films, and uh, 13 of them went to women. But Parasite was the big winner of film and director and screenplay. You To me... Bon John Ho did such a great work. Why would you tamper with that? Because Turner said, hey, well, they were going to make an American version of it anyway. Well, you know, that American version of of uh, Force Majeure, Is Downhill with Will Ferrell and Julia Dreyfus, looks, Louis Dreyfus, looks terrible. Have you seen the preview? Yeah, I have. Oh, uh, they're yucking it up for laughs. So this was okay. not this. Hey, I didn't save was, you. I didn't save Parasite you from dying. Parasite was a little oversold. I love Parasite. I, mean, I, I turned it in for oh. Best Foreign Film, but I didn't think there was that much competition. Oh, That's I just think true. it's the most original script of the year. I it's, do, too. It just more, keeps you going. More than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. It's a more original script than that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because you don't see the twist coming. And <laughs> Well, you could guess. You could actually guess how... 
Quentin was going to end Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I had no idea how it was going to end it. I was uh, stunned. Well, there's a sense of foreboding. I mean, you could, you could but... get spoiled. You could have somebody spoiled. No, 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 no. I, I meant, without spoiling it for people that have not seen it, I, w- I, would, I, could, I could have guessed. It was going to go down one of two ways, yeah. and it was exactly the one that well, I guessed. It's best not to just think ahead. It's best that is, to that's true. Wash over you and then walk out. Oh, it was it was your favorite movie of the year, wasn't it? It was my favorite movie of the year. It was my favorite movie of the and year too. Two seventeen was my number two. And uh, my fourth was Parasite. And Parasite uh, is my second favorite. Dolomite was my third. That was in my list as well. And what was my fourth? It might have been Richard Jewell. Uh, marriage Story was my third. Um, I saw an article this morning that said Adam Driver's the front runner now for the best for actor. actor. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm just saying that's what I saw. Gold Derby, whether you believe Tom O'Neill or not, but he's made a cottage industry about predictions. They gamble yes, on they that. Yes, they do. And uh, he has made a uh, career out of guessing all this stuff, and he's not always right. I'm that, just that's saying. okay. And I like to beat them, actually. I like to be more right than they are. But, you know, some years you are, some years you're not. Okay, so what did everybody think of the Golden Globes' Ricky Gervais? I did not see it. I did not see it. I don't have cable. I don't have It was on NBC regular. I don't have anything. Oh. Well. How was your party? um, It was fine. I think that, I thought the speeches were really good. And I I don't fault Ricky Gervais for giving Hollywood a few uh, little jabs. No one wants to hear your political story. Midsummer was number four on my list. Uh, Because if you're hiring Ricky Gervais, this is what you're going to get. Right. He he cuts down the pomposity. He will say whatever Mm -hmm. he wants. I did think his... Statements that got bleeped about Judy Dench in Cats licking herself were crude, but again, that's what, that's what cats do. Everybody talked about Ricky Gervais all after the awards and all the next day, and then the right wing co opted it for a thing which I don't understand. It's because it's, they they tore down the liberal <laughs> Hollywood. Media. Yeah. Oh my God. So anyway. Um, this will be interesting to see. Uh, what do you think about hostless Oscars? It was fine last year. It actually moved quicker. It did. It did. But it wasn't as funny. Well, yeah, because you didn't have a comedian doing 10 minutes of stand-up at the beginning of I the film. I it funny. All right. So locally, we have The Empire Strikes Back coming to the St. Louis a symphony orchestra And they're screen. not giving away any free media tickets. Oh. Well, not only that, I did not... Last year I went to Star Wars and a guy, it it this, there was a guy who was uh, very loud at the beginning of the thing. I'm like, oh, this guy, and then some guy as they're about to blow up the Death Star, start has a has an attack. I don't know if it was a diabetic attack or was it, it was going in, but the guy that I was like, oh, why can't this guy leave? He jumped out of his seat and saved the guy. That wow. and so that is what I remember of the symphony. And it besides besides it being very well done yeah. and seeing seeing the symphony do yeah. music for Star Wars. But the Empire Strikes Back is all star weekend of the NHL. So I cannot uh, go to any of the screenings. Yeah, there have been like five screenings. I saw Beauty and the Beast two weeks ago with the symphony. And how was it? Oh, it was great. It sounded great. That's a great score. Um, how do they do that? Coming, Godfather's coming back in late March. How do they do it with the singing? Do they just play along? Do they, they, do they have vocals? They out the musical tracks, but not the vocal tracks. Okay. They leave the vocal tracks in. Wow. Hmm. That that's, seems like a higher degree of difficulty. Well, they're professionals. Those those musicians in the symphony all make six-figure salaries, every single one of them. Yeah, well, they are awesome. Um, that would be January 24th, 20, uh, 23rd, 24th, 25th. And the All-Star Game is the 25th. Yeah. And uh, you can still vote. I still voted for Peron today 10 times. La- today's the last day. Yeah, so get that in there. And uh, uh, we. I'm sure you'll tell us all about the All-Star Weekend. Also, uh, did you participate 
Tom in the lenses best of the decades. I sure did. Well, um, the three I, of us I did. looked today. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. looked today and it wasn't up yet. Okay. So well, they wanted to publish it sometime today. Yeah. So it's not up yet, but it's gonna have the top twenty compiled by from all our list and yeah. then our little our little shout outs. Uh did you do a, a movie? Did, did you do a blurb? Did you no, do a blurb? I remember I'm asking maybe to, to do a blurb. I did I did, I did blurb. the I did the blurb on Parasite. And I did the blurb on Boyhood. Huh. And Dan did the blurb on Silver Linings Playbook. So those three mm. movies are in. And Jim well, those, Bats. None of those made my top. Yeah, well, that's ten probably why. That's that I you think didn't. I only turned in 10. Maybe I turned in 20. And, uh, well, we were only supposed to turn in 15. I oh, turned maybe in, that was it. Maybe I, I turned, turned in 20. In <laughs> really? I, I turned in 15. But uh, And Jim Bats. I could have turned it. Jim Bats is doing Spotlight. Okay. So we know that those four are Out on the spotlight? list. Spotlight. You're kidding. That's one of the... Well, people 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 voted. It. Nobody remembers that movie. It won the best picture. I do. It I do. Mad Max, which won the most Oscars that year, but nobody remembers Spotlight. Oh, I think they do. Well, so. you're also dealing with a lot of journalists, yes. so they well, yes. remember. Spotlight's not nearly as bad as Moonlight. That's the worst movie to ever win the Oscar. <laughs> for I guarantee picture. you that Moonlight, it's Tree of young. Life, and Melancholia are all going to be on that list by somebody. Uh, Tree I of Life. It it yeah. made if did you look at the list the rest of the decade and all these other sites I did they were all but see Mad Max Fury Road made a lot of those lists and including yeah. some number ones so oh, yeah it was my number one so so I think I think Mad Max Fury Road would probably be on the uh, Cinema St Louis list as well and they probably just had somebody else that they, yeah whatever and maybe it's because you were out of town um, okay so th- there's a lot of theater going on this weekend I'm and- going Thursday to go see the Donna Summer musical not Wednesday because there's a hockey game I'm going on Thursday well lucky you I uh, love gave to it to love somebody you else. baby I I made the because oh, you're gonna be in Los Angeles yeah I'm gonna be in Los Angeles so I'm gonna miss it but I did see Donna Summer in concert in <gasps> 1979 bad it girls was, tour uh, it was the first time that I paid for uh, the tent tickets at the Mississippi River Festival. Donna Summer so, was at the MRS. Yeah, nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. We dressed up and we had our family. My friend uh, Michelle and I, and we had our familiaries on. And and uh, Donna Summer's husband's group, Brooklyn is, Dreams. Is she deceased? Yes, yes, she is. She died a couple of years ago. She is fabulous in concert, and I so Brooklyn am, Dreams. Uh, Heaven knows was their duet. I am so bummed that, that I am missing it. But I'm in L.A. and I ha- scheduled an evening flight. Uh, it starts to, opens Wednesday, and I think it's there for a week because then. Uh, uh, Jersey Boys is that Jersey right Boys that? comes in. They have Riverdance coming in. They have it's all weekend shows except for Donna. But I, I think Donna Summer's there a week. I heard good things about this. And if you just, it's a jukebox musical. There's nothing wrong with that. If especially if the lead who's playing Donna Summer, if, is if good. she sounds like Donna Summer, she's gonna yeah, be great. it's gonna be good. It's just gonna be fun. And uh, Chaz Adams, uh, one of my other reviewers, he's going, and mm-hmm. he was alive during that time. And then Finnegan's so, Wake. Or Flanagan's Wake Flanagan's is going to be out at the Playhouse of West Barton. Our friend Alan Knoll is going to be in that movie. Oh, into that play. Oh, well, that's an inter. That's one of like uh, Tony and Tina's wedding. But this is like this is a wake of an Irish guy, and so it's very audience participation. Well, I look forward to that. And Alan Knoll is hilarious. Uh, one of the other uh, big things in theater is. Tonight opens an original musical called Madam with an exclamation point. It's going to be at the Dot Zack on Locust, so which is one of the Cranesburg theaters. Madam could be taken several ways. I'll tell you what it's about. It's an original musical by Colin Healy, who is one of our local musical talents. He is phenomenal. He's from Florida, moved here during the Ferguson riots of all times. Best and time to move uh, he has a safest co- time to move. He has, to he has a company called Fly North Theatricals. He has taught at East Central College. Mm-hmm. He is brilliant. And this is his fifth original musical. It was commissioned by the Bluff City Theater in Hannibal, Missouri. It is based on a real person named Eliza Haycraft. And some of her relatives live in Hannibal, and they commissioned this. She was owner of a brothel. Yes. And she made a ton of money. 
and uh, the the St. Louis influential businessman and everything tried to put Shut her down. the hammer on her, and she just threatened to go to the other wives. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can try to shut me down, but I have a list of who's been in my place. Right, and so this was in 1870. Hmm. And so it's it's very interesting, and I'm going tonight. I didn't get to go to Hannibal, but it it had they, record they sales. De- debuted in Hannibal. Yeah, it <laughs> debuted in Hannibal because they commissioned it. Right. And so this is its St. Louis premiere, and uh, they showed a clip of it last year, or they di- presented a clip of it during the St. Louis Theater Crawl, and it looks wonderful, and it's got many of the returning cast members from Hannibal, who are St. Louisans, Kimmy Kid Booker, Eileen Engel, etc. And so I'm really excited about this. Colin uh, used a lot of St. Louis style jazz and blues for the score. So it's going to be at the Dotzak starting tonight through, I think, the next two, it's Friday, Saturday, the next couple of weekends. So I encourage you all to support local theater especially somebody as talented as colin and then the rep the repertory theater of st louis has two plays opening tonight is mojada which is medea in los angeles it's a latino cast and it's on the main stage and then next week their studio premieres something called the thanksgiving play Okay. So that is very interesting. Was it originally called the Purim play? <laughs> I'm not really sure. But, but, but Lynn, don't you think theater is just so much so boring compared to movies? Um, <laughs> it's two. It's two different things. Two different media. I think theater makes you think. I just like saying that. But no, live theater, good live theater. Uh, I I rarely go. I go to like one play a year. Well, I'm a founding member of the St. Louis Theater Circle, and we have to have our ballots in Monday for our annual awards, which are March 30th this year, nominations announced February 7th. Tina Farmer and I will be on uh, KWMU announcing them. Mm. And uh, yes, and so anyway, we're uh, very excited about that. They... The Tennessee Williams Festival had yes. Night of the Iguana this year, some of the finest acting ever. The rep had Angels in America. Yes, they did. With national talent here in St. Louis. Yes, the New Jewish Theater puts on tremendous amount of work. There was been... And the one you usually go to every year, Tom, you go to a Muni show. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, you saw Paint Your Wagon That's this right. year. And then, the <laughs> and then uh, the Black Rep uh, had an original play called Canfield Drive, which was about mm-hmm. the Ferguson riots in 2014. Uh, and so, yeah, so it's going to be an exciting year for that. Our movie awards are pretty much over because, you know, St. Louis Film Critics, we're done. Well, then we and then now... the uh, St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase Awards. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, Lynn Dad have... Eats Dog is considered the front runner for those. <laughs> Best short film. Oh gosh, the, the buzz, the buzz is strong on Dad. Yeah, I know. I hope people. I hope more people get to see it because we did have this horrible snowstorm, and uh, it, it was. I'm sure, it'll uh, show with that. I am. I am biased, but I, I do best. hope it gets selected. And oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah, and then you know uh, people that know I've people. <laughs> I've been on the jury for about eight years, and I. Uh, well, next week, uh, movies. What what oh well, Doolittle it, comes out next week yeah. and so does Invisible Life. Oh Bad Boys for Life. Bad, bad Boys for oh, Life, which, which I cannot see. Well, it doesn't bode well if it's coming out this time either. That's true. And then on DVD, Maleficent, Gemini Man, and Jexy. I've seen two of those. They are not good. No. I, I, they sent me Jexy the other they day. They did? I, and I well, yeah, they did. And I couldn't get through I couldn't DVD. get through ten minutes of it. Really? And it was this and well, they didn't screen Adam, it. Adam Devine. Adam Devine. What an obnoxious kid But, that uh, but I believe yeah, that's horrible. the character. That's him. That's that's the character he plays. A little him everything. Watch him. I don't want to waste my time watching him. It's her. A little uh, him goes well, along. I think Jexy is the name of his phone. Right. It's, it's right. just like her. It's oh, the yeah, story yeah. of her. It, well, it's, except her was smart. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have a couple of foreign films. We have Song and Names, which is a British film, so it isn't really foreign. But we have uh, Invisible Life. And Les Miserables, which are both which Amazon is, but films. But that's not that's not the play of the book of the right. It's not Victor Hugo's Les Mis. No, no. no. In fact, I already saw it. They showed it to us at the Galleria about a month ago. Yeah, it it's like it's a time. it's a main. It's about crime. Yeah, well, in, that's in, that's in, a, in a in a ghetto of um, 
Paris. Paris? I guess, yeah. Yes. So it's a modern update, and uh, we have Troop Zero coming out too from Amazon. Yeah. And we also have the Invisible Man. You said Invisible Life, but there's the Invisible Man with uh, who was the her smell girl? Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Yeah. You're kidding. No. No. It's a horror movie, and it's like haven't heard anything about it. Oh, it's from Bloom House. Oh. When is that coming out? I don't know. I just saw the previews for it when I saw The Grudge, and I thought, that looks pretty good. It's a new Invisible Man movie. Elizabeth Moss and the Invisible Man. Yeah. She's a woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just happy. By the way. They uh, didn't have to cast anybody because it's all CGI. Right. <laughs> Succession won the Golden Globe for mm-hmm. TV series drama, and I was so happy because that is a brilliant thing. And Brian Cox won. Mm-hmm. And I thought you don't watch television, Lynn. Well, I watch HBO. Oh, it's not TV. And I do, I do have certain appointment TV, but Mm -hmm. to watch. But on the whole, there's like ten things I need to binge watch this winter to get caught up. You feel like you never get caught up. No, you don't. There's always something else. Also, Netflix announced Ozark is returning on March 27th. Oh, and they are going to show the uh, AMC is going to show El Camino Breaking Bad movie after a marathon of every single. Uh, Breaking Bad episode. Well, now you can get caught up. You can, uh, Tom, get caught up on that because that is thanks brilliant. No thanks. <laughs> it is the best series of the 2010s. Some people say. All right. My name is Carl Middleman. You can follow me on the socials at underscore Carl the Intern on both Twitter and on the Instagram. And you can hear me on the Weekend Report on KFDK every weekend where I also do movie reviews and with Max on Movies. He's on at Max on Movies. Tom, where can we find you uh, on socially? You can find me out and about, usually at a bar. Socially. Oh, socially. Uh, we're moviegeeks.com, but I do host uh, movie screenings around town. Um, February 4th, I'll be hosting a 16-millimeter print of um, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. Wow. We just talked about. Full Over full at the Wayout Club. Uncut. 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 Jamie Lee Curtis and all her glory. In a um, mirror. Yes, that'll be uh, February 4th. I think that's the Tuesday. I remember that from um, 1982. And I do other things like that. But just uh, go to weirdmoviegeeks.com. And I'm Lynn Venhouse, and I can be found at timesnewspapers.com, which is West End a Word, Webster Kirkwood Times, and South County Times. And I am in other publications, and I am on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman. And Joe Mama Mason said hi and said good things about you last night. I like Joey. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Thank you.